Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going? So this month, we're talking about clinics. So we did a resume clinic the first week in January. We did an, a LinkedIn clinic last week. This week, we're going to do an interviewing clinic. And I'm giving you with each of these five action steps. And I want to be clear about a couple things. Number one, that any advice that I'm giving you is not specific to a pandemic. It's always good interview information, resume information, et cetera. And secondly, if you're gainfully employed right now, not looking to, to change jobs, you're still going to get nuggets of usefulness out of this. So please keep listening, even if you're not looking for a new job. Same caveat as I've been giving in the previous clinics. We've got to get that mindset correct in order for these things to work. When there is negative talk, negative thoughts going on in your brain, and you're trying to engage in a job search, the best way that I can describe it, and when I'm on a phone with a client, I always do it so they can see me, or if I'm on Zoom, it's just like beating your, I I push the knuckles together, right? I don't know, it's like beating your head against a wall. There's not an alignment there, right? You're, You're thinking negative thoughts about yourself, about the job market, about your qualifications, whatever it may be, but yet you're still trying to go through the motions. And really that's kind of what you're doing is just going through the motions. We want that alignment, that belief, that core knowing in yourself so that there is that alignment and that integrity there. So if you find yourself struggling with mindset or you see that you're not doing the things that you set out to do every day for your job search, that's a thought problem. It's not a doing problem, although it may seem like it. It's a thought problem. So I want you to listen to episode 154, Five Ways Mind Drama Can Creep Into Your Job Search. That's an episode that is one of my favorites that I've ever done. And it was a conversation with my friend, life coach Jane Springer, about how those thoughts show up, what you can do about them, and you know how you can make those shifts. So all right, let's talk about these five action steps for interviewing. As with all of the clinics, I strongly recommend that you seek professional help from someone such as me to help you with this. So if I talk to you a little bit about what interview coaching looks like with me, we do two sessions. And in both sessions, we are in interviewer and interview mode, interviewee mode for about 20 to 25 minutes, recording that so that you've got that to look at later on. We spend the remainder of the hour breaking that down. What did you do well? What didn't go so well? How can we restructure that? I give you tools and strategies and I give you homework. We come back to the second session and that's when your confidence really soars because you have a chance to go through another practice interview, see how much you've improved, hear from me how much you've improved, And we tweak any other final things that need to be tweaked. And what I consistently hear from clients is two things. Number one, 
their confidence shoots through the roof for the interview process. And number two, the actual interview is almost never as hard as what I put them through, and that's very intentional. So they feel very, again, confident about that interview because they're finding it much easier to navigate than what I actually did with them. Now, in episode 152, I gave you specific tips for video or phone-based interviews that are the common thing now during the pandemic. So if you haven't listened to that episode, then that's going to be information on the technology piece, kind of the mindset piece and all of that. So take a listen to that. Um, What I'm going to be covering are some other things, right? So let's go, let's tuck in here. Number one. I want you to prepare and practice your response to tell me about yourself. If this question is asked at all, it is asked first. And if you don't have a really good answer for it, it really sets the interview off on a bad note. Now, what I see go wrong with this question for many people as I practice with them, uh, it's certainly the first practice time, they get it right by the second time, but they either want to go into a ton of detail. It's kind of one end or the other. They want to go into a ton of detail and they go on for 10 minutes, right, which may be a third or a sixth of the whole interview on just answering this one question and it's way too much detail, or they don't really give me anything. They just kind of you know, gloss over and we move on and I don't have anything there. So I like to focus this, uh, my answer to this question in a past, present, future format. Tell them something about your background, where you come from, you know, something, you know, it could be about going to university. It could be where you grew up. It could be something like that. A previous job that you've held, tell them something about where you're at currently, and then tell them something about what you want to do going forward. Um, Maybe a goal that you have personally, professionally, whatever. You want to make it as relevant to the position in the company as possible. Certainly you wouldn't want to tell them, you know, and, and for the future piece, well, I don't want to work here very long. I'm hoping to be in another company or be in your role. And I've had people who've done that in interviews. <laughs> they're like, what are, I ask them, what are your, where do you see yourself in five years? And they're like, in your job. That doesn't go over real big. I want you to keep your answer to the tell me about yourself question at a 40,000 foot level. So we don't want to get down in the weeds and start walking them through our whole career path in detail because that's going to throw off the cadence of the interview. They've got questions about various aspects of your career and your past, and they want to be able to ask those questions and then evaluate them. They don't want to get it all front-loaded in the answer to this one question. Also, I like for you to interject some personal information in this question as long as it's neutral or positive. They're evaluating you as a total person, so they want to know what you're like outside of work. Tell them a little bit about your hobbies. Tell them about, you know, oh, I'm, I'm learning Japanese, conversational Japanese, and I'm, or I'm building an addition on my house. Those are all neutral or positive things. A negative thing would be something about your, um, perhaps something negative about your marital or relationship status, something about, you know, I'm, I I certainly wouldn't share with them, you know, your plans to have children or, you know, I I had a a candidate one time who told me she had three small preschool children. That's not going to help your candidacy. So stay away from anything that could be perceived negative. Should it be perceived negative? Of course not, but it, it could be. So stick to the positive or the neutral information. So that's number one. Number two, prepare your strengths and weaknesses response. Um, I was listening to a podcast just this uh, last week or this week, and they were uh, they were doing like a Q and A from listeners, and someone had written in about 
job interview and and one of the hosts said that they uh, she would always answer that strength the weakness question with you know oh I'm too hard working and I was just cringing when she said that because I never want you to say that so let's start with the strengths piece so the way that I like to approach the answer to this question is there are three strengths that I bring to this position first blah blah next blah blah next blah blah now maybe they asked me for three strengths maybe they just said what is your greatest strength relative to this position I'm going to have three ready to go because I want to tell them all the things that I'm good at and especially if you've worked with someone like me you we've identified what those three strengths are they're they're front and center on your resume they're front and center in your LinkedIn profile so that's very um easy information to access. You want to make those strengths relative to the job and then tell the interviewer how you would benefit the company by using that strength in this role that you're applying for. So it could be, you know, as I looked at the job description, I think my greatest strengths based on what you're looking for are blah, blah. You could say it that way. Now let's talk about the weaknesses. As I said, do not give them a weakness that is actually a strength in disguise. They're going to roll their eyes at you either actually or kind of mentally. And if you tell them that you're too hard or too you know, dedicated, it may just be the end of the interview for all intents and purposes. So you want to talk about a weakness that you've either overcome recently or are in the process of overcoming. If you can make it relative to the position that you're applying for, then even better and this is your opportunity to address the elephant in the room. So what I hear from a lot of clients is they don't want to bring up this thing, this like they don't have a master's degree. Let's just use that as an example. They don't have a master's degree and the position says that they prefer a master's degree. And they're worried that the employer, you know, won't will notice that. Like they don't want to bring it up, maybe they haven't seen it or they didn't notice it. Of course they've noticed it. What I think is important to remember at this point is Whatever this was that was your weakness must not have been a deal breaker or you wouldn't be interviewing for the job. So they had to have been willing to overcome that. But it's up to you to address it. So here's an example. My greatest weakness relative to this position would be my lack of experience with blank software. However, I have extensive experience with blank software, which I understand is very similar, and I'm confident that I will be up to speed with your software very quickly. So instead of hoping that they didn't notice that I didn't have blank software experience, I'm bringing it out, putting it in, in into the light. And I get to choose what to make that mean, right? So let's say I don't get that job. I could choose to make it mean, oh, I shouldn't have brought up that I don't have blank software experience. Or I could choose to think, well, at least I don't have to worry about whether it was my blank software experience because I talked about it. I did my very best to overcome it and I still didn't get the job. So it must not have been that. It was something else. So the whole idea here is that they will notice it and we don't want them um, you know, the way that we made our hiring decisions in higher education was it was always a committee. So after the last interview, the committee sits there and we hash out the various candidates. And what I don't want to have happen for you is the discussion sounds like this. Well, Sue was a really great candidate. We really liked her, you know, but Bob over here has blank software experience and Sue doesn't. So I think we should go with Bob. Now, in truth, they may still go with Bob if Bob has blank software experience. 
but at least you did the best that you could to assure them that that was not an issue for you and that you could easily learn blank software. So that's number two. Let's talk about number three. I want you to develop a toolkit of 10 CAR, that's C-A-R stories, for behavioral questions. So behavioral interview questions are based on the philosophy that past performance is the best indicator of future performance. They sound like this. Tell me about a time when. Tell me about a situation that. And these questions really require preparation. They're very difficult to wing. And in my experience, when someone tries to wing it, they either speak very generally as it's kind of hypothetical, well, here's how I would handle that. Or they start for some reason talking in third person. Well, you would do this, you would do that, and then this would happen. And it's all very theoretical. I want you to develop 10 car stories for your toolkit so that no matter what behavioral question is asked, you have an answer. So, so C stands for challenge, A stands for action, and R stands for result. And that's the format that I want you to develop your car stories with. I want you to actually write these car stories down. And you can do this one of two ways. You can think about what are the competencies that they're going to be asking about in this interview based on the job description, based on my experience, based on the profession that I'm in, whatever it is. Or I can just develop 10 meaningful car stories and trust that no matter what they ask me, I'll be able to plug in one or more of my car stories to answer their question. So that's number three to develop that toolkit of 10 car stories. Number four, I want you to prepare well thought out questions to ask the interviewer. And again, as with all of these topics, I've done podcasts on this, but, but here's what I want to say. I want you to hear it loud and clear. Please don't use the same questions for every interview. I get a lot of questions about what questions should I ask as if it's just a laundry list and we just go down the list. That's a very elementary way of doing it. It works great if you're right out of college and you're 22 years old. If you are mid-career, we don't need to be asking the same questions of everyone. So here's an example. While researching company, I found mentions of a new market you plan to open in Asia in 2021. What can you tell me about this? So I'm telling them that I've done my homework and I'm asking a very intelligent question that kind of dovetails off of what I was able to find out online. Or company is so well regarded in the industry for its customer service. How does your department support this reputation for providing excellent customer service? Now, there may be some standard questions that you want to ask, but you still want to customize them to the degree possible. So an example of that would be, from what I've learned online, company has an excellent reputation for hiring within. What can you tell me about this? So rather than just saying, you know, what's your promotion policy or do you hire from within or anything like that, I'm showing them that I've done my homework. So that's number four. And then, so here's number five. Don't forget to close. There are three things that I want you to do at the close of every job interview. Number one, thank the interviewer or interviewers for their time. Restate, number two, restate your interest in the position if you're still interested. So put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. Number three, find out what the next steps in the hiring process are and insert yourself as appropriate, right? So if they say, we're going to be interviewing through the end of next week, and then we're going to call people in for second round interviews the following week, you might say, would it be okay if I uh, shot you an email on Friday to see how things are progressing? So you're inserting yourself, keeping yourself active in the process. 
What I want to say about restating your interest in the position is I have had many, many clients that through the course of an interview realized this was not a job or this was not a company that they wanted to work for. I am not asking you to lie. So I don't want you to restate your interest in a position that you're not interested in. What I do want you to do is, number one, don't burn the bridge if it is, right? If so, not interested in it at all there's still possibilities down the road. If it's the job that is not a good fit, maybe the company would, you would want to keep that line of communication open with that company down the road. If the company and the job aren't a right fit, then maybe that person interviewing you has colleagues at other companies and if suitably impressed by you would share your information with them. This happens all the time with my clients. So if you are interested, you would say something like, I just want to let you know that now that we've gone through this interview process, I'm even more interested in the job. Um, So you just want to make sure that they know before you walk out the door what your interest level is, especially if it is very strong. So thank them, restate your interest in the position if appropriate, and then determine what the next steps in the hiring process are. So those are my five action steps for the interviewing clinic. And I'm going to give you those again. Number one, prepare and practice your response to the tell me about yourself question using a past, present, future format and injecting some personal information. Number two, prepare the answer to tell me about your greatest strengths, what is your greatest weakness, and don't try to turn a strength into a weakness. Number three, develop a toolkit of 10 car stories, challenge, action, result to answer behavioral interview questions. Number four, prepare well thought out and intelligent questions to ask the interviewer questions that come organically from the research that you're doing. And they're not just a laundry list of standard questions to ask the interviewer. And then number five, close the interview by thanking them, asking what the next steps in the hiring process are, and restating your interest if you are still interested. I hope this helps and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.